Genesis 19. Trying to get through verse 29. So, you want to read it, Janice? No. Why? You don't want to read it. Pete? 19, Genesis 19, what? Starting with what verse? What? 1 through 29. And there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and you shall rise up early and go on your ways. They said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned into him, unto him, and entered into his house, and he made them a feast, and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before oh, they laid Wait a minute, down, wait a minute. Let me, talk you, let me tell you about some stuff here. Um, from other documents, Josephus and some other historical documents, um, in the spring, the there were there were either five there were five major cities in, in this little area right here that were called the cities of the plain, but but some other non-biblical sources say there were thirteen cities in this area, and um, they had a festival in the springtime, which this is, in which. Um, um, all codes of behavior were done away with. Um, it was, yeah, it's the same kind of thing. It was a drunken orgy uh, in which no, nothing was uh, left off from ha happening. <clears throat> the reason that God um, had decided to allege by, by ancient Talmud the reason that God decided to destroy Sodom was that there was a um, that, that, well first of all Sodom and Gomorrah had a law they didn't want they, they had they had their perfect place everything was neat everything was beautiful everything was wonderful and they had a law that prohibited any strangers from even stopping for the night. And, they, and the law was is that if any member of Sodom or Gomorrah showed hospitality, that the, um, well, different things would happen, but mainly their, their goods, the, the, the goods of that person uh, were were taken away from them and they were stripped naked and sent, sent away from the city. But Sodom and Gomorrah, from any natural mind's idea at the time, was the most idyllic place in the world to live. It was the best there was. It was the most beautiful place on earth. It was everybody wanted to live there. Well, there was one, there was one young girl that was allegedly righteous. She was a type of Mary, kind of. She was 13 years old, and she uh, was alleged, allegedly Jewish, or an heir of Abraham. I mean, a, sort of a distant relative of Abraham that was living there. And she um, was hospitable to a sick stranger. And they 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 killed her family. They stripped her naked, and they uh, placed honey all over her body and laid her out in front of a bee's hive and tied to the ground. And she died from the stinging of the bees. And the cries of that act from someone that was of the of the 
line or related to Abraham was allegedly what went up into heaven. And God heard that cry. And, um, and therefore the decision was made to destroy, this is all in the natural, of course, to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities of the plain. Um, but this festival period, that this is the time at which the angels visited. And it was a time in which, as I said, there was nothing prohibited. Uh, men would go to bed with their daughters or their neighbors' wives or their neighbors or their neighbors' dogs or their neighbors. I mean, it was total essentialness. Um, and all of the, they had the, the temple prostitutes, all kinds of stuff that I won't bore you with. But anyway, this is the scenario. And so the reason that Lot is desiring that they come in to the house instead of sleeping in the streets, first of all, Lot is risking his life by offering hospitality to the strangers. And secondly, he knows that if, he's left, if they're left out in the streets, then they're subject to the licentiousness that's going on within the city during this four-day celebration. Now, back there someplace, we covered the thing about Lot chose the city, the Baal, and left the mountaintops to Abraham. What does that mean? What is Lot's position here? He doesn't own the cities. No, but he's a biggie. He, there's all kinds of legends about who he was. He's a, he's a leader of the city, yeah. He's a biggie. Okay? So everybody understand that? And did Bray, Bay, oh, wait a minute. Okay. Where are you? I started at the end of verse 3. We'll just start, we'll start in verse 3. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him, and entered into his house, and he did make them a feast, and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. Okay, now allegedly this is during, remember, that when Abraham made the, uh, the three angels, or the, the three in one, visited, it was at the Feast of Passover, even though the feast had not been originated yet. Now, so the Feast of Passover, there's unleavened bread, it lasts seven days. And so they were here now, still during this feast of Passover, but the only thing they could eat was unleavened bread. It's like a, a prototype of what's going to happen in the Exodus, which is to come. But this is the perfect type of the final Exodus, which is pulling out the destruction of the world. Okay. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came in to thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. Okay, now, allegedly this is the angel Gabriel and the angel Michael. And... Um, you know, Jewish tradition has it, they're the most perfectly, I mean, in beauty, there's none to compare. And so, that's the... And Lot went out at the door unto them, and shut the door after him, and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold, now I have two daughters which have not known men. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing. For therefore came they into the shadow of my roof. Okay, now, here we begin to see the cost of discipleship. Lot, in repenting, in turning from and seeing the wickedness, which was caused by God's messengers, sees the point that nothing, nothing, can compare to the need to follow that one truth. And in deference to this truth that's represented by the visitors, he's willing to sacrifice his two virgin daughters. Not just for sexual orgy, they would have been killed. And so, I mean, so much for uh, nice society stuff. And they said, Stand back. And they said again, This one fellow came in to sojourn, and he will needs be a judge. Now will we deal worse with thee than with them? 
Okay, and that means that Lot hasn't been there that long. What it, it says, it doesn't mean he came into sojourn. It means he, you're a new visitor here, and now you've made yourself a judge of us, or a new resident here. Now will we deal worse with thee than with them? And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. But the men put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut the and shut to the door. That's the, these the messengers pulled Lot inside and shut the door. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. Well, we could go on and on over that scripture. That's what God, that's what the Antichrist has done in for God. He's blinded the minds of them which believe not, and they're groping all over the face of humanity trying to find the door. They're no different than, than Sodom. Because they're trying to find the door without the cross. They're trying to find the door without turning from self. And that's the, the evidence of the whole history of the human race. But, but but their minds have been blinded, so they see not. That's what Jesus talked about. Seeing, as long as you say you see, then you're blind. But if you admit you're blind, then you see. And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides? Son-in-law, and thy sons, and thy daughters, and whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. For we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord hath sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out, and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. Okay. I mean... All of the typology is in this story. The calling forth of those that that which is his, that which is in his world, his servants, his slaves. He was very, very wealthy. He had hundreds and hundreds of slaves and retainers. And he called to all of them, all of them that were his friends, his neighbors, his sons-in-law, that which was his, in his world and said get you out and they mocked him was it already decided to destroy yeah it was just that's why the angels visited it to destroy it they had no other purpose in coming there Right. Right. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened. Wait a minute, I've lost my place. Verse 15. Right. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying. Now again, when the morning arose, I mean, when the eighth day, when when the, we are in the eighth day, the day in the Jewish legend or the Jewish system begins at night. When the morning arises, when the day star arises in your heart, it's done. And it came, well, okay. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand, upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and set him without the city. Okay, again. Do you see, they couldn't move fast enough. And it's the type here of what will happen when we're drawn up, when we're transfigured out. Because we wouldn't be able to move fast enough. Because the, the, the time will end in the twinkling of an eye. So the angels drew them up. Because the Lord is merciful. And it 
came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And Lot said unto them, A lot, now here's perfect. Lot screws up again. Oh, not so, my lord. Behold now, thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life. And I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me and I die. Behold See, now, I mean, wait a minute, wait. You can't that I mean, that's 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 exactly. God has drawn you out of the world, <laughs> and you're you're telling him, wait a minute. I, I thank you for doing that, but I don't trust you for tomorrow. So the perfection had not been made manifest. I have a th pet theory that if if Lot hadn't have said this. Behold now, the city is near to flee unto, and it is a little one. Well, let me escape thither. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow this city for the which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou come thither. Therefore the name of the city was called Zoar. The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zoar. Okay, the day star had risen. Zoar just means a little, just means a little, little place. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. And he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah, and toward all the land of the plain, and behold, and beheld, and lo, the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass, when God destroyed the cities of the plain, that God remembered Abraham, and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow, when he overthrew the cities in which Lot dwelt. Well, we'll study some of this for a while here, but... Zoar. Huh? What is what is what is Zoar? It's the place of refuge. It's it's, it's the it's the little place that's that it doesn't mean anything. He's instead of going to the mountains. Yeah, he stayed. Zoar was a city that I don't know if it's shown in this map. Like still it was in the plain or was on the border. No, it was on the border. But. When, when Lot's wife, it doesn't, in the Hebrew, it, it doesn't say she just turned, she looked back. It says she looked back longingly. And that's uh, the reason this is in the scripture. It's, it's intended to make you fear. She looked back longingly. Let's look at that in the New Testament in a minute. Luke 9. How is that different than what uh, Lot was doing? He was saying just about not wanting to go to the mountain, stay to the mountain. Well, because he didn't, he he he, he didn't want to stay in Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities of the plain. He he just didn't he didn't trust that he could live in the mountains because that's where he, he that's where he had just he'd become soft in living in the city and he wasn't uh, kind of like camping. Yeah. Verse uh, Luke 9, verse 57 through 62. Luke And it came to pass that as they went in the way, certain men said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. 
And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes and birds holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury the dead. Go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go and bid them farewell which are at home in my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. a scary scripture. Let's go to Luke 17. See what Christ said about this experience. Verse 20. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered and said, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. It also means. You could have easily, just as easily said, Lo, the kingdom of God cometh not with the passage of time. You understand that? Okay, so he's saying something wild there. I mean, that's mind-blowing wild. And he said unto the disciples, The days will come when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and ye shall not see it. And they shall say to you, See here, or see there, go not after them, nor follow them. For as the lightning that lighteneth out of the one part under heaven shineth unto the other part under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. But first must he suffer many things, and be rejected of this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. And that day... Well, etc. So let's go back to. Um, Before we do. Yeah. Oh, uh, what's it mean? What's twenty-two mean? What you shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man. You shall see him after the flesh. You want to see him. You, you want him to be here with you after the flesh. You want him. Okay. It doesn't. As we were reading this, uh, I think it's because in some places day is plural and other places it's singular. As we were reading this, somehow I was having the feeling that the day of the Son of the Man, that the day of the Son of Man comes to each man. Not necessarily on the same day in time, but the same day in eternity. It's possible. Okay. Let's go back to uh, Genesis. Son of Man, is that the same as the day of the Lord? Mm -hmm. or are those are those two on on two different sides of a point of the cross or something? And why why did he call it the day of the Son of Man? Well, he called it both many times. It's just energy. It's 
it. So I'm trying to find something that's kind of neat, but I can't find it. Well, the point here is, is that the, the, the men mocked Lot in the same way that they mocked Noah. The same way that, and this is what Second Peter says today, that there shall come scoffers saying, where is the evidence of his presence? And that's what you do when you, you know, play these games. in verse 16 when he lingered he was again moving by the conflict of faith and sight Lot did not refuse to obey yet he hesitated again, because God is graceful he, he lets us get by with that for a while but delayed obedience is disobedience They, they were brought out forcibly. They left all possessions behind. That was, in a way, that became reality the moment that he showed hospitality to the angels, didn't it? I mean, he knew that. After a lot, we'll see in a minute, that after... After Zohar was spared, Lot became afraid to dwell her, so he escaped to the mountains anyway. <laughs> because he saw that the other cities of the plain were destroyed, not just... Uh... The angel could do nothing while Lot was still in the city. That's why mercy always precedes judgment until the mystery is finished. Now, brimstone, it's a good thing we have an expert on brimstone. Let's go to verse 24. This is where he rains, isn't that where he rains IRS agents upon? All right. <laughs> the word brimstone is the word gulfrith. Which it can it can be anything it can be it's sometimes translated as cypress resin sulfur or brimstone. It's interesting to note that the ark was made with gopher wood and pitched with this resin. It was made with apparently cypress and then pitched with the resin. It's the same word that's used to cause the destruction. Of the original you know in the ark. I mean it's the same. And all, and all the prophecies of burning pitch. Right. Let me read this stuff that I got out of here before. Sodom and Gomorrah were the cities of the plain that were located in and around what is now the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is about 48 miles long and about 11 miles wide. The north end of it is very deep, over a thousand feet in some places. The southern third it's just where that little, like, hoochie thingy at the bottom is. Is nowhere deeper than 15 feet. The water level is now is considerably higher than it was in Abraham's time. It is the lowest spot on the earth, some 1,320 feet below sea level. On the southwest shore is the salt mountain called Kasham Ustam, or Mount Sodom. That's what it is now. There are also numerous sulfur deposits around the area. There are vast beds of bitumen on both sides of the sea, but more abundant under the salt. Under under the salt. Now, even still, whenever there are earthquakes in the area, this bitumen, or do you know what bitumen is? It's that oil-like substance that look. It's like the stuff they use for paving. Yeah, but it's not that. Is it, new, like, uh, is it like what they had? Tar is like the tar pits? Kind yeah. Of? Under the salt mountain, possibly extending under the sea itself, is a vast stratum of salt interlaced with free sulfur. And interestingly enough, That's these elements contain all the chemicals necessary to, to create nitroglycerin. 
which is far more deadly than gunpowder. At the proper time, God kindled the gases from these deposits, probably with a lightning bolt. And a great explosion took place. The salt, bitumen, and sulfur were thrown into the heavens, red hot, so that it did literally rain fire and brimstone from heaven. But it was like that area, which was the most beautiful place of the world, sitting underneath it, was a big powder cake. And it was totally and completely wiped out. And became, it was, and, and I mean, it, it, it wasn't always 1,300 feet below sea level. I mean, we're talking big-time explosion that permanently altered the course of the Jordan River. Big the city, time. The city went up in the air and it came back down. Yeah, but it went all over the place. Okay? Yeah. You couldn't excavate and find any part of the sun anymore. Well, anyway, that's 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 that's. Uh, is it how important is it that Lot was being hospitable to these angels? Was that to what? Lot's being hospitable to the angels. Was that? Uh, Was that an important thing, or is it just...? Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> it's the total important thing. Had he not been, then it wouldn't have mattered whether God remembered Abraham. He was delivered because God remembered Abraham. You understand? I mean, that's why the angels even went to Lot, was because of Abraham. Yeah. We just read that, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Had he not accepted the offer, then he wouldn't have accepted grace. And so the whole process, Abraham would have done him no good. It's the same as our life. If we don't accept the grace, it doesn't do us as though we, as though we never existed. But his acceptance of the angels or was the, acceptance, his, the, the visible method of showing that he accepted grace. That's why the New Testament is full of you know, the idea of being hospitable to strangers. I mean, you know, many have well, he did a couple things, didn't he? Wasn't the first thing that he recognized him? Yeah. And then he, it, it almost sounds like he, like he kept the pestle. And he did. And he knew, I mean, he knew in truth, not only in type, but he knew in truth that if they were not inside his house to keep the Passover, that they would be killed. So he not only recognized him, but then he kept the Passover, and in, and in order to keep the Passover, he sacrificed his his willing his worldly life right. for their lives. Right. Now, when we were studying this before, Pam wrote a poem about it. You won't believe this, Pam wrote this, but. Woe unto you who dare to call yourselves my bride, yet flirt with the world. You say you desire truth, yet you care what the harlot says about you. Who are you to think yourselves to be anything or anyone? Why do you continually think you can do something for or against me? Do you not yet trust me to do what I will? I am calling my bride. If she answers, I mold, I shape, and form. Who are you to think you could mold or shape? The world is the harlot. Their thoughts, however seemingly righteous, are stinking wounds oozing with dying, oozing with dung. I care not for their thoughts. I am God. I am. And this is Another, I'll tell you where this came from later. But, O my daughter, shall I speak unto thee as one whose voice is lost in the noise of crashing surf, or as one who calls in vain in the midst of a deep forest where there is no ear to hear nor voice to respond? Will you be as an instrument with broken strings from which the musician can bring forth no music? 
Nay, I would have you to be as the waterfall whose sound is continuous, and as a great river whose flow is not interrupted. You shall not sing for a time and then be silent for a season. You shall not praise for a day and then revert to the current topics of everyday life. You shall never exhaust my supply. The more you give, the more will be given unto you. You are in a learning process. I have much to share with you. Yes, out of the abundance of my heart would I instruct thee. I would show you the truths of heavenly wisdom which you cannot learn from the lips of man. I will instruct you in the way that you shall go, from whom else can you inquire. I will bring my love and my life to thee, from whence have you any such comfort and strength elsewhere. The more often you come to me to draw of this water of life, the more shall thy life be enriched in my wisdom, yes, but also in many other ways. You have need of my grace that you may share my truth with a right spirit. You need to keep thy channel straight and clear, that my blessing be not hindered in flowing through thee, and that the waters may be kept pure. You do not indicate presumption by continually seeking my face. You show rather a tendency to tr trust in the strength of the flesh when you come not to me for a gift. Or have you mistakenly thought that thine own mind had become a source of wisdom? Beware of the snare of flattery, and even well-intended praise. Take not to thyself any glory, nor compliment thyself in thine achievement. I control the waters. I gathered them up in my fist to allow the passage of the children of Israel. I flung them forth to drown the Egyptian army. I send forth the river of life now to refresh and bring life to those who thirst after me. I dry up the streams of inspiration before the feet of the proud. They shall not drink, saith the Lord, who glory in their own thoughts. They shall be as a desert who pursue the paths of human reason. Lo, I am not found there, even as I was not found in the wind or in the earthquake. These were the natural forces. I was in the still, small voice. I myself am the direct source, and the only source of life. Every other well is dry, every other pursuit is vain. But you shall be as a fountain flowing forth, whose streams shall, shall never fail. For I, the Lord thy God, dwell within thee. Next name. Oh. I'll tell you later. It's complicated. Now, Sodom and uh, sodomy has become a, a modern word that means homosexuality. Or it's synonymous with homosexuality. And I thought it might be interesting. Remember I told you there were some 40-some death penalties? Let me go over the death penalty. For what? For the reason things that you get the death penalty for. Sodomy or homosexuality, murder, hate, failure to circumcise, eating leaven during Passover, smiting or talking back to parents, kidnapping, cursing parents, negligence with dangerous animals that you own, witchcraft, sorcery, bestiality, idolatry, making your own holy anointing oil, putting that oil on any stranger, making the incense, defiling the Sabbath, doing any work on the Sabbath, eating the flesh of the peace offering, eating the fat of sacrifices, killing sacrifices other than at the door of the tabernacle, eating blood, incest, eating the sacrifice at the wrong time, consecration of your children to idols, any kind of spiritualism, adultery, a relationship with a menstruous woman, whoredom, sacrilege, not fasting on the Day of Atonement, working on the Day of Atonement, blasphemy, failure to keep the Passover, any presumptuous sin, gathering firewood on the Sabbath, failure to purify yourself before worship, 
false prophecy leading anyone away from God, turning back from God yourself, any rebellion, no matter how slight, stubbornness, gluttony, drunkenness, having a false dream. I think I violated all four of you. Was there some particular reason why you wanted to read that list? No. No, I don't. I'm guilty of it all. No, but I want you, that's why we have to understand grace. We have to see what the condition That's our only life, our only life, our only import. It's our only mercy, our only anything. And that list did not include smoking or dancing. But I, I mean, that's the reason that we're studying Sodom and Gomorrah. It's what happened. And what, I mean, and, and, and you know, when I says it in Isaiah, it says it in Romans, except for the seed within you. You would have been made like Sodom and been made as unto Gomorrah. Okay? What I love about, I mean, some of those, some of those are heavy duty. Let's go to Isaiah 17. reading for for this section of scripture is Isaiah 17 and 18. I don't, I'm not sure I understand why, but we'll see if we can figure it out. Want to read it here? The burden of Damascus. Behold, Damascus is taken away from being a city, and it shall be a ruinous heap. The cities of Eroer are forsaken. They shall be for flocks which shall lie down, and none shall make them afraid. The fortress also shall cease from Ephraim, and the kingdom from Damascus, and the remnant of Syria. They shall be as the glory of the children of Israel, saith the Lord of hosts. And in that day it shall come to pass that the glory of Jacob shall be made thin, and the fatness of his flesh shall wax lean. And it shall be as when the harvest man gathereth the corn, and reapeth the ears with his arm, and it shall be as he that gathereth ears in the valley of Rephaim. Yet bleeding grapes shall be left in it, as the shaking of an olive tree, two or three berries in the top of the uppermost bough, four or five in the outmost fruitful branches thereof, saith the <coughs> Israel. At that day shall a man look to his Maker, and his eyes shall have respect to the Holy One of Israel. And he shall not look to the altars, the work of his hands, neither shall respect that which his fingers have made, either the groves or the images. In that day shall his strong cities be as a forsaken bough and an uppermost branch, which they left because of the children of Israel, and there shall be desolation. Because thou hast forgotten the God of thy salvation, and hast not been mindful of the rock of thy strength, therefore shalt thou plant pleasant plants, and shalt set it with strange slips. In the day shalt thou make thy plant to grow, and in the morning shalt thou make thy seed to flourish. But the harvest shall be a heap in the day of grief and of desperate sorrow. Woe to the multitude of many people which make a noise like the noise of the seas, and to the rushing of nations that make a rushing like the rushing of mighty waters. The nations shall rush like the rushing of many waters, but God shall rebuke them, and they shall flee far off, and shall be chased as the chaff of the mountains before the wind and like a rolling thing before the whirlwind. And behold, at, even t at evening tide trouble, and before the morning he is not. This is the portion of the day that spoil us, and the lot of them that rob us. Woe to the land shadowing with wings, which is beyond the rivers of Ethiopia, that sendeth ambassadors by the sea, even in vessels of bulrushes upon the waters, saying, Go ye swift mess messengers to a nation scattered and peeled, to a people terrible from their beginning hitherto, 
a nation meted out and trodden down, whose land the rivers have spoiled. All ye inhabitants of the world and dwellers on the earth, see ye, when he lifteth up an ensign on the mountains, and when he bloweth a trumpet, hear ye. For so the Lord said unto me, I will take my rest, and I will consider in my dwelling place like a clear heat upon herbs, and like a cloud of dew in the heat of harvest. For before the harvest, when the bud is perfect, and the sour grape is ripening in the flower, he shall both cut off the sprigs with pruning hooks, and take away and cut down the branches. They shall be left together unto the fowls of the mountains, and to the beasts of the earth, and the fowls shall summer upon them, and all the beasts of the earth shall winter upon them. In that time shall the present be brought up to the Lord of hosts of a people scattered and peeled, and from a people terrible from their beginning hitherto, a nation meted out and trodden underfoot, whose land the rivers have spoiled, to the place of the name of the Lord of hosts, the Mount Zion. Do you understand what it's, what, what, the nation scattered and peeled to a people terrible from the beginning hitherto, a nation meted out and trodden down? whose land the rivers have spoiled. That's all talking about the true Israel. Well, let's go, let's read Jude, and then we'll quit. Jude is, uh, any of you ever read Jude? Just before Revelation. <clears throat> Very little teeny book. <clears throat> Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. To them that are sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ, and called, mercy unto you, and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which is once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses. He durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. That's interesting, see. That, verse 9, quotes one of the apocryphal books. And it's going to quote another one in a minute. But they speak evil of things which they know not. But what they know naturally, I mean after the senses, after sensory perception, as brute beasts in those things they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam, for reward, and perished in the gainsaying of Korah. These are spots in your feast of charity. That, that's the agape feast, which we've talked about before. When they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, Clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars to whom it is reserved in the blackness of darkness forever. And Enoch, again the second book, the second apocryphal book that he quotes, 
Also the seventh from Adam prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed in all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are murderer, murmurers, complainers, walking after their own desires. Their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration for an advantage, or in order to gain an advantage. But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly desires. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. We'll finish the rest of that. I don't feel like talking anymore. Somebody else can talk if they want to. Do you understand Simon and Gomorrah a little better? Do you understand what Paul said except for the seed? This is Sodom and Gomorrah all around us, the whole world. Any prayer requests? What? No, I'm, I'm just, I'm feeling a little uncomfortable because the, all of those 29 verses we read seem so, I mean, it seems so clear that it makes me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> but maybe I'm not. I mean, it seems like, it just seems like a, a perfect allegory. It's an allegory. Take it, big guy. Keep us from that bad place. Pass out the asbestos suits. Mm -hmm. <laughs>